Today on The Voice of Prophecy, things that go bump in the night. If you've ever wondered if people really hear from beyond the grave, if they really get visited by dead relatives, you're not going to want to miss this episode because we are going to uncover some mind-blowing information that might just come as a bit of a surprise. So stick around. I'll be right back. And welcome to a very special edition of The Voice of Prophecy. I'm Sean Boonstra, your host for the next half hour or so, and today we're going to talk about things that go bump in the night. And if that sounds a little bit spooky, well, you're absolutely right. We're going to be talking about paranormal activity, visits from beyond the grave, people who claim that the dead are actually speaking to them. And this is a story as old as recorded history. In fact, in my own home country of Canada, one of our most well-known prime ministers from the beginning of the 20th century, a guy by the name of, it's a big name, a mouthful, William Lyon Mackenzie King, well, he was a spiritualist. He held seances, and he firmly believed that he was able to speak to the dead. In fact, he actually claimed that he could speak to his dog, too. And for years, he was talking to the dead, and he mostly kept it a secret from the public. I mean, the only way we know this happened is because he wrote about it in his diary, and it became public knowledge, I believe it did, after he died. The public might have thought that his best advice was coming from his political colleagues, and maybe it was. But he was also talking to his departed mother, his dead grandfather, and even his predecessor, the former Canadian Prime Minister, Sir Wilfred Laurier. Now, at the beginning of the 20th century, spiritualism was a bit of a fad. So this was a popular thing he was doing. The Fox sisters from New York State had told the world in 1848 that the spirits of the dead were banging on the walls of their house and communicating with them in Hydesville, New York, which was just a day's drive by today's highways from the Canadian capital. Now, when the Fox sisters became a national sensation, two of the girls were sent to Rochester, New York, and the strange noises seemed to follow them to their new location. So naturally, they found a way to monetize this phenomenon, and the girls became professional mediums, entertaining audiences. But years later, when a huge spiritualist movement had taken much of the world by storm, one of those sisters told the New York world that their spiritualistic careers had actually been a hoax. But by then, it was too late. There were seances taking place in darkened living rooms and parlors all over North America, including, it would seem, in the home of Mackenzie King, Prime Minister of Canada. Now, just in case my American friends are tempted to think that only a Canadian would resort to such things, I should probably point out that Abraham Lincoln's wife, Mary Lincoln, was also a fan of spiritualism, and she apparently spent some time visiting psychics and mediums after the death of their 11-year-old son, Willie. Now, that doesn't mean that President Lincoln was actually taking part, and it doesn't mean he believed in it, but some reports suggest he actually went along for the ride on more than one occasion. And according to Nettie Colburn, a, a well-known spiritualist of the day, she actually told the president in a trance that it was his duty to emancipate the slaves. Now, personally, I refuse to believe that's the reason he did it. I refuse to believe that emancipation was the product of a seance. 
And, and she was probably tapping into something the president already believed. And we don't know how much stock the president put into his wife's activities. We don't know for sure that he believed in spiritualism, and some people will absolutely dispute it because of Lincoln's reputation as a principled Christian. But the phenomenon was all-pervasive. It was all over North America. And by the time you come to the late 19th and early 20th centuries, the art of contacting the dead had become something of a national pastime. I guess people didn't have the internet to keep them amused, and they didn't have TV or radio for the most part, so what could be more fascinating than talking to the dead? And for tricksters and con men, what could be more fun than putting on a good show and taking money from suckers? Of course, today, seances have kind of fallen by the wayside, and I don't know too many people that still do it unless they happen to be active in the occult. For most people, this has died down, other than a few Ouija board parties when they were kids. Contacting the dead just isn't part of daily life anymore. So you might be tempted to think that the reason we lost interest is because we're so enlightened. We're so skeptical in our technological age. But I'm not convinced of that at all. The seance parlor might be a thing of the past, but take a good look at the last couple of decades of box office hits and primetime TV, and I think you will see our interest in spiritualism is anything but over. Take, for example, a low-budget movie like Paranormal Activity, a franchise that now has four sequels, and ask yourself, why is this such a hit? It's a story about this demon that plagues a young couple at night, and they actually manage to capture some freaky stuff on a video camera they put in their bedroom. And of course, you might say, oh, that's just good fun. That's just a story. But you need to ask yourself, why does this still bother you two nights later when you're laying in bed by yourself in an empty house? Why does this make you so jumpy? I mean, if this wasn't possible, why are you scared? I mean, really think about this. Some horror movies feature psychotic killers, and that kind of scares people because we know that kind of stuff really happens. Not often, but it does. So we know it's a possibility, and that's what freaks us out. Other movies feature horrible neighbors or jilted lovers, and those stories bother us because they seem to be anchored in reality. We know it could happen. So now ask yourself, why does a ghost story bother you? Why does it scare you, unless you have this sneaking suspicion that it could happen? We've all heard stories. We all have friends who have seen something or heard something, and some of us have actually experienced something ourselves. There's just enough anecdotal evidence. There are just enough stories that you can't write it off as a fairy tale. And as a minister, I've had some experiences. I've seen some things that just can't be explained away as a figment of my imagination. And I've met people that I know for a fact are not lying to me. They really did see something. And I'm guessing there are other ministers out there who could tell you the same thing. There are parts of our job that can be really spooky. So what do we make of that? Is it possible that the dead can actually talk? I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to show you some stuff in the Bible that, at least from a Christian perspective, gives a very definitive answer. And this is really important. It might just be the information you will need someday. So hang on tight. I'm coming right back. Life and its daily challenges can weigh us down, even when we have the best of intentions, leaving us with more questions than answers. Is it possible to have true peace and happiness in life? Are you searching for answers to this and other of life's most challenging questions? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888 456 
1-800-799-7922 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online or on our secure website, or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like The Secret of Happiness and Is God Fair? You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. And welcome back. I'm Sean Boonstra. Today we're talking about things that go bump in the night. And just before the break, I was talking about the fact that there are too many stories, too many people who say they've had an encounter with the supernatural for us to write them off as nut jobs. And yes, there are some kooks out there. There are some people who are just looking for attention, and there are some people whose cheese just kind of slipped off their cracker. And so you have to take what they say with a grain of salt. There are people who speak, and you know it's just a made-up story. But there are other people who are perfectly normal. You wouldn't expect them to make stuff up, and they're almost embarrassed to tell you what happened because they don't want people thinking they're crazy. Those are the ones we have to pay attention to, at least in my line of work. So when Lori came to see me a few years ago to tell me that her dead husband was visiting her in the night, I had to pay attention because I knew Lori and I know there's no way she's making this up. And my first reaction was to think that she was just so heartbroken over losing her husband that her mind was playing tricks. It was just the creaks and groans of an empty house on a cold night plus an overactive imagination and some emotional stress. But when she started to tell me the details, I couldn't write it off. Something was happening. I mean, your imagination doesn't turn the lights on and off in your bedroom. Your imagination doesn't open the closet door and move the clothes around. Those are things that can be verified. You can check in the morning to see if it's true. If you see a ghost and nobody's around, you can say, well, that was a hallucination. But when the stuff in your house starts to move around by itself, that's something you know. You can prove it. And today, I'm not just talking about the stories that people tell me. I've actually seen some things myself that defy explanation. I remember one girl, and I'll call her Sarah. She came to me in a public auditorium to tell me she'd been involved in a ritualistic cult in some really scary stuff, and she wanted out. But she was afraid that the cult members wouldn't let her go, and she was really afraid that the spirits, she said, would never let her go. And I know it sounds like a fairy tale, but something happened that night that's hard to explain. I offered to pray with her. I told her she was free to go because God had bought her at a very high price. She was covered by the blood of Christ, and we prayed together. And you know, every single time she opened her mouth to pray, the power in the auditorium suddenly went out. The lights would flicker on and off, and then it would just go dark. Not once, not twice, four or five times. I'm telling you, every time she opened her mouth, it happened right on cue. And nobody, I mean nobody, was near those light switches. And the rest of the building was fine. It only happened in the room that we were in. And I'm convinced that someone was trying to scare her. They knew she was walking away. And something or somebody was using that blood-curdling intimidation to keep her from doing it. And if that's what happened in the auditorium, I can only imagine what was actually going on in her home. I guess you might say that it's still a coincidence, and if it only happened one time, I might be tempted to agree with you. It could have been faulty wiring. It could have been some other electrical problem. But this happened four or five times, and it happened so predictably, I am not prepared to call it a coincidence. 
and by nature you need to know, I'm skeptical, I'm slow to believe, but this really happened. So people can laugh if they want because they've never experienced it, but I'm telling you there's a pretty good chance that some of the people around you are going through some really scary stuff. It is not imagination. It is not just a plea for attention, at least not all the time. I mean, people do make stuff up, and apparently that's what the Fox sisters were doing, but there's still a percentage of people who experience something real. So what in the world is that? Do the dead really come back to make contact with the living? Well, if you go by the actual experiences, if you go by the reports that people give, the answer would have to be yes. But if you're a Christian and you trust what the Bible says, well, that's a different story. Biblically speaking, there's another possibility we have to consider. Let me take you to the book of Ecclesiastes, which most scholars think was written by King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. And of course, Ecclesiastes deals with the subject of death, and it's not a light read. It contains some of the most profound thoughts in the world, and at the same time offers a lot of valuable insight. If we had four or five hours in the program today, we could probably spend it in the book of Ecclesiastes. But for right now, I just want to deal with the question of whether or not the dead can come back and make contact with the living. So let's start in chapter 9, verse 5. And listen to this and listen very carefully because there will be a day when you will need to know this. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know Nothing. What did it say? The dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. The author says, under inspiration, that dead people don't know anything. They have no passion. They have no opinion. They have no feelings. They don't care about the stuff that happens in this world because they don't interact with us. They have nothing to do with anything that happens under the sun. And of course, I suppose someone might make the case that a nighttime haunting happens under the moon, not the sun. So <laughs> let me show you something else from the oldest book of the Bible, the book of Job. This is Job chapter 7 and verse 10. So listen to this very carefully. As the cloud fades and vanishes, so he who goes down to Sheol, now that's a Hebrew word for the place of the dead. It basically means the grave. He who goes down to Sheol does not come up. He returns no more to his house, nor does his place know him anymore. Now, I don't know how much plainer the Bible could be. If you trust the Bible, you have to accept the fact that the dead don't talk to us. They don't come back to haunt us, period. They can't come back to their house, and we can't know them. That's what it says. So when things start going bump in the night, from a biblical perspective, you can be absolutely sure this is not your Uncle Charlie coming back from the grave. And that's good news, right? Because who wants Uncle Charlie in your house at night? But it's also bad news, because if it's not Uncle Charlie, then who in the world is it? Or what is it? I'm going to leave you hanging with that question for a moment and take a break, and then I'm going to see if I can answer it. But I think this break is important because we can't possibly cover this whole topic in half an hour, and I want to give you an opportunity to sign up for our Discover Bible course. So don't go away. I'll be back in just one moment. Are you searching for answers to life's most difficult questions? Answers to help you make sense of the things that are happening right now in your life? 
answers to the deepest questions in life like, can God really forgive me? Guilt and shame can be terrible burdens to carry and can leave us wondering if God really can love us and accept us. Are you wondering if there really is a chance for true happiness in this life? If there is a secret to living a happy, contented life in a world of uncertainty? Well, if you're searching for answers to these and other of life's most challenging questions, we are here to help. The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at our toll-free number, 888-456-7922, for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. You'll find answers in guides like, Does My Life Really Matter to God? and From Guilty Sinner to Forgiven Saint. You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides as the major themes of the Bible come to life. Begin your journey to discover answers to life's deepest questions and log on today to BibleStudies.com. Okay, just before the break, we were talking about biblical perspective on contact with the dead, and we found some rather pointed statements that assure us this isn't possible. The dead do not interact with the living. They do not come back from the dead and haunt your house, period. But that does leave us with a really unsettling question, because some people really do experience something in their homes. They're not quacks. They're not weirdos. They're not playing with half a deck. They're just normal people who suddenly get visited by something they can't explain. And if this is you, if this happens to be going on in your home, then what I'm about to say is very important. If you happen to have been dabbling in the occult, if you've been trying to contact the dead, If you've been playing with fire, then there's a really good chance that you actually open the door to something you don't want. I guess you could say you've been asking for trouble. You might think it's the spirits of the dead, but I can assure you it is not. Not a chance. I don't care how appealing it is. I don't care how much they seem to resemble the dearly departed. I don't care how many personal details they seem to know about you. From a biblical perspective, this isn't possible. They are not the spirits of the dead. But it is something. So what in the world is it? And maybe you haven't been playing with the occult. Maybe you're not playing with fire. And it's still happening in your house. What is it? Well, if I had a couple of hours, I'd probably take you to the story of Saul and the spirit medium found in 1 Samuel chapter 28 because there are some really important details in that story that utterly expose what's going on in your home. It actually rips the mask off and shows you the truth. So if you want to go and look at that story after the broadcast, and I highly recommend that you do, then as you read it, I want you to pay attention to a few critical details. So let me give you the cliff notes now, and then you go and read it later. It's 1 Samuel chapter 28. The first thing you need to notice, it's not Saul that sees the supposed spirit of Samuel in that story. It's the medium who first sees him. She's the one who identifies the so-called ghost and tells the king who it is. 
So Saul actually has to take her word for it. That's the first thing I want you to see. The second thing, the so-called spirit of Samuel comes up out of the ground. He doesn't come down from heaven. He comes up out of the ground, which is meant to tell the reader that it's coming from the shadowy underworld, not the realms of the glory of heaven. And that's because the pagan Canaanite tribes who lived around Israel believed the dead were under the ground somewhere, still alive, and the spiritualist is not an Israelite. She's a pagan, and she's resorting to her own pagan mythology. She sees him come up out of the ground. The third thing you need to notice, and this is the big one, the apparition actually accepts the adoration and worship that Saul gives him at the end of the story. He bows down, and the apparition takes it, and that's really bad news. The real Samuel would never accept worship. You'll notice in Revelation, the angel refuses to worship John and says, get up off the ground, what are you doing? But this apparition takes it. So whatever it was, it was not God's prophet come back from the dead. Now, Saul did experience something, but it wasn't Samuel. There is no way to make that work with the rest of Scripture. Because God forbids his people to visit a spiritualist or to make contact with the dead. And you know, if God forbids that activity, there is no way he's going to jump at the command of a spiritualist and send Samuel down to the party. It doesn't fit. There was something else going on. Somebody else communicating with that witch in Endor. So what in the world is it? We should probably figure that out because this really does happen. And I'd be the last one to believe it if I hadn't seen it myself. And I'm absolutely not one of those Christian preachers who sees a demon behind every bush. Not even close. But I'm telling you, it does happen. And some of you know it does. And that means we need to figure this out. And maybe one of the biggest clues we have is found in the book of Revelation, the last book of your Bible, where John describes a phenomenon that will especially plague the final generation to live on this earth, the last people here before Jesus comes. Revelation 16, verse 13. Listen to this. John writes, And I saw, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are demonic spirits performing signs, who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Now, there is a lot in that passage, and maybe someday we should devote a whole show to that passage. But for our purposes today, pay attention to what the Bible calls the real spirits who haunt this earth. It calls them demonic spirits. These are not the ghosts of dead people. These are fallen angels playing with our emotions, playing with our minds. If you don't believe in it, if you don't believe in angels or demons, then fine. Maybe this show isn't for you, and maybe you just haven't seen it yet. But if you have been struggling, if this stuff has been going on in your life, then you have to understand what this is. This is important. The Bible says that the devil himself can be disguised as an angel of light. He can put on the most convincing appearance, and he will exploit every vulnerability you have. Your emotions, your losses, your fears, your weaknesses, whatever it takes to start you walking away from God. And if that thought scares you, it probably should. Nobody wants a demon. 
Nobody wants a fallen angel visiting their house. But the first step to making it stop is to know what it is. Fallen angels hide behind lies, and once you know what's going on, they have no place left to hide. They can't pretend to be dead people that you trust. They can't pretend to be bringing you a message from heaven. They can't pretend to be angels of light. Not anymore. Because once you know the biblical truth, you will no longer fall for their lies. And it's right at that point, when you have the liberty that comes from knowing the truth, that you stand firmly on the promise of the Bible. It says in the book of Ephesians that you are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. Because of Jesus, you are esteemed highly in the courts of heaven. You have an inheritance, a future that the devil himself cannot take away, not unless you give it up. And everything, absolutely everything, is subject to Jesus' authority, including those things that make your house go bump in the night. What you need to do is stand on that. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing can rob you of your future. Paul writes in the book of Romans, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So call it like you see it. Remind yourself and remind them that they've got nothing on you. In the name of Christ, you can tell those things to leave your home. You have Christ's authority. Grab your Bible. Read the first two chapters of Ephesians. Go and do it out loud if you have to. And those entities, whatever it is, they might be able to slam a door or two or flick the lights on and off, but honestly, that's it. It's over. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ, and they can't have you. Look, the devil never, ever plays fair. Christ told us that he's been a murderer and a thief since the day he walked away from God's kingdom. And what he really wants to do is take you down the path to eternal death with him. Because he knows it's a place where the world will never hear from you again. Your voice is silenced in the grave. So refuse. Stand on faith. Stand on what the scriptures say and refuse to be manipulated. And long after the devil has been destroyed, and yes, the Bible says that will happen too, long after the devil has been destroyed, you will still be here in the earth made new with a full and vibrant life that never ends. Now look, I'm running out of time again for today, but I hope this much is clear. There is a force at play in some people's lives that does not fight fair. Now, if none of this applied to you today, then count your blessings and get on with life. But I know this is hurting some people. It's really happening out there. You can walk away from this. You can be sure that your case is not hopeless. This is not the end. You can have freedom. It doesn't even matter if you've made a pact with some occult group, some religious cult. No pact, no covenant premised on a lie is valid at all. You are free in Jesus. You can walk away. And maybe it's time to spend a little more time in God's Word to see what else He has to offer. And we want to help you with that. So be sure that you visit our website. You'll get the details in a few moments. Sign up for the Discover Bible School. But remember this, nothing separates you from the love of God. And a fallen angel's got nothing on you. 
Until we meet again next time, I'm Sean Boonstra, and this has been The Voice of Prophecy. Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Where is God when people suffer? Can I find real happiness? And is there any hope for our chaotic world? Are you searching for answers to these and other of life's biggest questions? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or pick up the phone and call us at 888-456-7922 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free lessons mailed right to your home. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. And while you're online, be sure to visit us at VOP.com. At VOP.com, you'll find audio archives of this program, the latest ministry news, and resources to help you dig deep into God's Word. Begin your journey to discover answers to life's deepest questions and log on today to BibleStudies.com.